It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This is the Tyler Morgan Show on Relentless Daring Media Network. Welcome to Land of Bourbon and Bad Decisions. This is the Tyler Morgan Show live on Twitch.tv or check it out later on your favorite podcast app, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible, you know, whatever it is you want to listen to it on. Check it out there or, you know, if I have the time and or remember to do it, check it out on YouTube or Rumble there as well. Before I get started, let me tell you all about one of my favorite things. Normally, this is where I would go with coffee and a American Pride Roaster. I will talk about them a little bit later. But first, I would like to say I have a new partnership. Yes, that's right. Someone else has decided that, hey, we want you to talk about our stuff for free because, you know, ACAST has some really, really weird rules about advertising. So I want to tell you about a little company that I use to keep this glorious mustache in good health, soft, supple, and just not all brittle and gross. That would be beard oil from the one, the only Blue Collar Beardsman. This is a new company that has took two years to get the, the formula for their oils down hat and to find the flavors that people will love me. I've been using the, uh, the smoke break scent, which is a scent, the spicy Cuban tobacco leaf, and a little bit of vanilla thrown in there. I'm also a big fan of the, of the rise and grind, which is a coffee with hints of caramel and vanilla to it as well. I, these are great products that are ma- made by hand, handcrafted. Uh, Dalton and Allie Fisher, these are, these are folks who spent their hard earned time and money building a house literally from the foundation up. They know what it means to work hard. So they wanted to build or they wanted to craft beer products that work just as hard as you do. So whenever they decided to go ahead and do this, they didn't just buy some oil and some scents and throw it together. Like I said, they spent two years developing this product. Uh, go to Blue Collar Beardsman, B-E-A-R-D-S-M-E-N, bluecollarbeardsman.com, and check out their lineup of flavors. And if you want to get on the uh, get on their list for the subscription where they send you a special flavor, I just keep saying flavor, special scent every month. Go ahead and do that. You know, $19.99, you get, you get the scent sent to you. Or you can buy it, you know, when it drops. You know, $24.99, it's 
you know, special thing. It takes a little bit more effort to put into it. But go check them out. Uh, follow them on Facebook, you know, at Blue Collar Beardsman or on Twitter at BC underscore Beardsman. Like I said, this is great product. Like I said, I've been using it for a couple weeks before they went live. I love it. You know, like I said, the glorious mustache is kept in good health by their amazing products, bluecollarbeardsman.com. All right, so getting into the shenanigans of the week. It has come out uh, in the last 24 hours that Donald Trump could be looking at being indicted and arrested as early as Tuesday for the whole Stormy Daniels thing. Now, this is something I I understand from the political aspect of why they want to do it. Because what better way to throw a monkey wrench into a former president who is still eligible to run again what better way to throw a monkey wrench into his election plans than to indict him? Because then once he is indicted, I mean, on top of adding that he's already announced his run for president, he can no longer get legal uh, financial aid from the Republican National Committee. Now on top of it, he has to devote part of his time from having to, you know, campaign, go out there and do all of his campaign tours. Now he has to be available for everything going on in New York with the uh, the indictment and trial and anything like that. Now, this is one of those things I, I really don't understand. Yes, he paid hush money to Stormy Daniels. Now, okay. I can see why anyone in their right mind in, you know, whether it is, you know, the political world, Hollywood, the music industry. Oh, I'm trying to, I kind of got sidetracked before I went live and didn't have a chance to pour my, pour my drink yet, but I can understand why people would pay hush money on this. Now, the real question is, what, was there a threat prior to the payment of the hush money that someone would, you know, the person making these allegations, the person who was part of that affair, <clears throat> pardon me, that, you know, the other person would go public with the announcement yeah, he had an affair with me. Unless you pay me. Because if that was made, if there's any evidence that that was done, that, that should really come out because then it goes from, well, uh, Donald Trump, he, he used campaign finances, and, or even if he paid it out of his pocket, he didn't declare it. Okay. goes from that to being he was a victim of extortion. Now, there's some 
there's some rules that kind of go along with this. If you are doing things that you shouldn't as a married man, like other people, you you, you kind of put yourself at risk. And anyone who is listening, uh, whether it's on the podcast or you're catching it later on, you know, watching the video on one of the other platforms and you're hearing barking and squawking. Apparently the dogs and the parrot are having a competition to see who can be louder. I don't know why they're doing this right now, but it is what it is. My production staff, they have no clue what's going on. They know the door shuts. So suddenly they have to be loud, but yeah, the, the whole thing, Right now, there's a lot of conversation going on between uh, the court, prosecutors, and Secret Service. Uh, because Secret Service, they're the ones who are actually going to tell the DA, yeah, you can cuff them. Which they're probably not going to let that happen. And then they will basically be in charge of Donald Trump through the entire process because even if the judge were to say, uh, he's being held without bail, we're going to detain him until trial, then Secret Service can go, <laughs> no. <clears throat> you see, th- this goes from being what, would probably end up being, would have been a civil suit for any other person. Like when Barack Obama got called out for receiving illegal campaign funds, he just had to give the money back and he paid a fine. When uh, Rosie O'Donnell did a video stating that, you know, she was four different people living at the same address to pay the maximum ma- maximum amount of that an individual can for a campaign finance or a campaign donation. Nothing happened to Rosie. This is the same reason why there are bundlers who get a slap on the wrist when they break campaign finance laws. And Dinesh D'Souza went to prison. It's political. It's all it is. And even in Donald Trump's case, this isn't federal law that he's being charged with. He's being charged with state violations. When the federal Prosecutors from the Southern District of New York failed to return an indictment. Then that's when uh, everyone thought, okay, this is going away. Unfortunately, the New York Attorney General, Letitia James, who, you know, was on video multiple times saying that she's going to be a thorn in Trump's side, that her goal is to put him in prison. I'm sorry. I think one can make a claim that the whole prosecution is bunk. 
This is a you know an attorney general who has stated that her goal is to prosecute Donald Trump and to just investigate, investigate, investigate until they find something. Yet, here we are. Now, uh, John Ziegler, who he's been on this program before, talking about his podcast when he was doing uh, the the series about uh, Penn State and uh, Jerry Sandusky, <clears throat> he's put up a poll asking, in the long run, what does this do? Does Trump still get the nomination? Does Trump still get elected president? Does Trump get defeated in the primaries? Or does his campaign just fade away into the background? Well, Donald Trump being Donald Trump, I don't see him just fading away. I think he's going to try to capitalize this to push his base further into voting for him. Now, do I think that's a good idea? Not really. I think Donald Trump, at this point, he is tainted goods. And as such, he should bow out. But advice that tells a very prideful man that he should bow out is not really going to go over very well. So that being said, this whole thing is a show of the poo variety. Yes, I know, very infantile, but trying to keep this PG-13, it's what I do. So, really, in the long run, I don't know what this is going to do towards the Republican primaries. I honestly don't. Now, this is a, you know, rather historic thing because, you know, this is the first time that a former president has been indicted on any kind of, you know, criminal charges at all. And don't forget, we have had some rather nasty divisive presidents in the past who haven't been brought up on charges even though there was probably ample reason to. So uh, this is a reading from the New York Post. Law enforcement agencies in the Manhattan District Attorney's Office will meet next week and discuss how to handle potential indictment against former President Donald Trump, including whether or not he should be handcuffed, according to a report. It is believed that Trump, 76, will need to be fingerprinted and processed like every other defendant should he be indicted, but Secret Service, quote, will take the lead in what they will allow or will not allow, end quote. Including the decision on whether to handcuff the former president, a source inside New York court system told Fox News on Friday. Yeah, uh, Sean is in the chat room saying that Trump will settle for house arrest, he thinks. And at Trump Tower. Well, if if that's the case, that's the case. I honestly don't know. But at the same time, 
how long are they going to, you know, prosecute him for, for, you know, Michael Cohen, who has already turned evidence. You know, Michael Cohen paid the hush money out of his pocket, and then Donald Trump, you know, over three payments, declaring it as, you know, retainer or something. I forgot how it was worded when all this came out. But, you know, Donald Trump reimbursed Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen went to, was convicted for failure to disclose, you know, a donation in kind because, again, he made the hush money payment out of his own pocket and was then reimbursed. However it happens, however it goes down, it's going to be a circus. Period. End of story. But all of this is insanity because really what was the hush money? Yeah, Kim, or no, Sean points out hush money did not work since it's in the news currently. I was also in the news, you know, four years ago during, five years ago during the, uh, during the lead up to the presidency or to the presidential elections. And I don't know, it's one of those things that I'm kind of torn on. Like I said, if you're in any sort of public eye and you have an indiscretion, it doesn't matter if it is, you know, a fist fight with the neighbor. It doesn't matter if it's you had an affair with somebody and you shouldn't have. Whatever the case may be. If you're wanting to keep it out of the public record for whatever reason, if you want to throw money at it, that's your right. Now, granted, you know, Something like this, you know, if you don't have anything contractual, you're just throwing money at it, and then hints and innuendos are thrown around because the person, oh, I had this, I had this affair, I had this altercation with somebody who, you know, is high up, you know, the famous actor, TV executive, politician. I had this incident. And I'm not going to say who it was, but hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Suddenly everybody figures it out. Then, yeah, like I said, you don't have anything contractual to say, oh, you signed an NDA, so now I'm going to prosecute, I'm going to have you prosecuted for breaking the NDA. And it's civil prosecution, not legal. I want to make sure that. Anyone following along realizes I'm not, you know, mincing words here and, you know, conflating two different things. But all this is just insanity. The left has been trying since 2015 to find a nail to put in Donald Trump's coffin to end his political career. Now, granted, in 2015 and even in well into 2016, a lot of the people on the left wanted Donald Trump as the nominee. Not because, you know, they like Donald Trump, because, but because they could say, oh, Hillary can beat that guy. 
And that's all it was. They wanted Donald Trump running as the presidential nominee for the Republican Party because they thought he could be beaten. They were wrong. And granted, he won by 70,000 votes in four states. Not 70,000 in each state, a combined total of 74,000 votes. The That margin of victory was not all that particularly big. And honestly, Donald Trump is vulnerable. Now, and I've been going back and forth to so many people who are very Cheeto Jesus saves online. Now, don't get me wrong. Donald Trump did do some good things in office. I will admit the things that he did that were good. But finding, getting these people to acknowledge that Donald Trump was not the end-all, be-all and protector of our freedoms and liberties, that is... It's like pulling teeth from a charging hippopotamus. It ain't happening. You point out that Donald Trump, after the Parkland shooting, take the guns, due process second. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, that goes against the Second Amendment, goes against the uh, Fourth Amendment, Fourteenth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, everything related to due process, search and seizure, and the Second Amendment are, are, are all attacked. And then you add into it, uh, see, it wasn't the bump stock thing after the uh, Vegas shooting. Just unilaterally, nah, no more bump stocks. I'm sorry, did Congress pass a law saying no bump stocks? Or did, you know, a sitting president through executive fiat just create regulation out of thin air. These are the things that, as a person who is a constitutionalist, uh, who wants this country to not be run into the ground by politicians, this is the stuff you really have to stop and look at. Is Donald Trump the best candidate? No. And right now, the people who have announced, there are really not a lot of good candidates from them either. Nikki Haley? I mean, yeah, she stood up for the United States and the uh, United Nations as the ambassador there. But she's part of that system. The, the technocratic, uh, you know, regime that exists within the Republican Party. Yeah, she stood up. She stood against a lot of people who were pro the Confederate flag as a piece of history. We still be able to fly it over the, over the Capitol. You know, after Dylan Roof had his, you know, huge shooting in South Carolina, you know, shooting up the uh, the black church at, at that Bible study group. I think she did the right thing. That was a that was a huge you know finger to the people who 
you yeah, the South's going to rise again. Keep flying the flag. So I don't have an issue with that. But when Donald Trump issues a issued a uh, you know foreign policy declaration, and then she you know undermines it and makes statements that aren't supportive of it, it's not such a good idea. Uh, Mike Pompeo, who was the former Secretary of State. I don't know, I I would probably think he would do, I do think he would do a good job as president but at the same time he's got all of his connections to the state department to the intelligence community where he used to run the CIA. I don't know how good for America he would actually be. I think he'd be a good Republican president as far as you know maintaining the status quo, but that's about it. Uh if I was going to support anyone at this point in in the Republican side, I mean, Ron DeSantis has not declared. I will throw my hat into the ring for him as soon as he does. Well, right now, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is probably the brightest star for anyone who is not Donald Trump. He is a complete political outsider. He is... You know, a first-generation American, he he understands what's going on with the banking system and the Fed and all this crap that's led to, you know, the collapse of these three banks over the last couple weeks. He understands the importance of cryptocurrency. He understands the importance of drilling and, you know, energy production in America. So right now, Vivek Ramaswamy, he is personally, he is personally my choice. And I will gladly take Vivek over anyone else in the field. And even if Ron DeSantis gets in, I will probably support Vivek. But those are, those are just my leanings right now. It's still only we're still a year out from Super Tuesday, so there is a lot that can change in the next 12 months, whether it involves, you know, if Donald Trump drops out, if Donald Trump cannot run because, you know, he gets two years of house arrest and, you know, he's stuck in Mar-a-Lago, you know, as his home of record or at Trump Tower. Either or, um, you know, there, there's so much, so much that can change in the next twelve months. Uh, you know, Christy Noam could decide to join join into the fray, and I don't know. She's kind of a corporatist who will put the financial, you know, the financial and business aspects of you know, South Dakota's economy over the people of South Dakota. So is that really what we want in D.C. as the president? I, I don't know. There is so much, like I said, it is 2023. Election season does not kick off until the Iowa caucuses in February of next year. That is still 11 months away. So... Going to give it time, let it shake out, 
and see what happens. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right, before I get back into this, because I pushed them off at the beginning of the show, APR Coffee, yes, my favorite brand, O-Coffee. Small, small company out of Iowa. They roast your beans to order. They grind them to order and send them directly to your home. As I've said before, I am a huge fan of the Thomas Paine Age of Reason remix. Uh, again, the Age of Reason Remix is 100% robust of beans that provides a little bit different flavor profile than you know the standard Arabica bean and with twice the caffeine. I mean, if, if you want the common sense, you can get the common sense, but if you're like me and you've just completely abandoned it, go for the Age of Reason. Uh, so many other great flavors of coffee right now. They still have on hand the George Washington Crossing the Delaware blend. Now, this was a small batch that he had that once it's gone, it's gone. So go to aprcoffee.com, check it out, see if you can get the Washington Crossing the Delaware while it's still in stock. Supplies are limited. Again, it's just great coffee. And as with uh, Blue Collar Beardsman, I love supporting small businesses. As you can see, I'm not in a big fancy podcast studio. I'm in the corner of my home office. I know what it's like to build stuff up from scratch, and especially with APR with the tornado hitting Dave and Faith's house last year where they did all of their roasting and grinding. And thankfully for them, they have friends and family who have stepped up and given them a place to be able to roast and grind coffee and get it sent out to you. Roasting a couple days a week, especially with the weather that it is, especially in Iowa at this time of year. Everything you can you can do to support them is great. Check them out. APR Coffee. Historically great coffee. All right, so getting back into the swing of discussing news. 
this is a story that I found today was doing my, uh, oh, excuse me, doing my uh, research, figuring out what I'm going to talk about because obviously Donald Trump was all in the news. So I had to find some other stuff. One of the things I found, it did my heart good to read it. A man in Wyoming is suing the ATF for the right to build an AR, or not an AR-15, but a full-on M-16, A-1. That would be the M-16 original variant with the select fire of safe, semi, and full automatic. Now, yes, there is the whole uh, 1986 uh, machine gun ban. I got that. But at the same time, there are licensed gun manufacturers who create automatic weapons, who they have all the all the right paperwork to do it, the gunsmithing experience to do it, to where they're not going to create something that is unsafe for the average shooter. And it's already been proved, you know, determined that, yeah, you can build your own AR-15s. You can build your own pistols. All that is perfectly legal. They don't even have to be serialized because they're not for sale. This guy, and I love what he's doing. He's probably not going to win, but I love what he's doing. Feds say Wyoming man has no right to make his own machine gun. And this is from the Cowboy State Daily. After a PD man sued the federal government for the right to build his own machine gun, the federal government Monday said the Second Amendment doesn't allow citizens to own machine guns. I would beg to differ because it was you when the Second Amendment was passed, you could own whatever the military was using. If the military was completely, completely filled with puckle guns, the average citizen could have a puckle gun. The average citizen can own a cannon, a fully functional cannon. Because... That's what was available at the time. If you owned a ship and you wanted to keep it safe, you could go out and buy all the cannons you could fit and put on that boat. So why can't we have a machine gun? Jake Stanley DeWild in January sued U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland and the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives, saying the government wrongfully denied his application to build his own M-16 machine gun, and a federal ban on such weapons is unconstitutional. The federal government, in its Monday filing, said said that courts consistently ruled the Second Amendment protects weapons, quote, in common use, end quote, but does not protect dangerous and unusual weapons. Well, an M-16 is no more dangerous than any other modern sporting rifle on the market. Yes, 
it has a it has a setting for the sear that will allow it to to not lock so it just lets the hammer keep falling but has been, has been but as has been proven over and over and over and over again the people who build their own guns do not use them to commit crimes because the people who build their own guns they're typically the people who don't want anything to do with anyone else these are the people who are like, you know what? I want to rely on myself. The U.S. Supreme Court has specifically singled out M16 rifles as dangerous and unusual, the counterclaim says. The high court in 2008 contemplated another pro-gun argument that weapons such as the M16, which are used in the military, should be allowed to citizens because the Second Amendment says people should keep, quote, a well-regulated militia, end quote. But the court rebuffed this position, reads the federal government's filing, explaining that the conception of the militia at the time of the Second Amendment's ratification was the body of all citizens capable of military service who would bring the sorts of lawful weapons that they possessed at home to militia duty. But here's the thing. The weapons they possessed at home was the same thing being fielded in the army. More than likely, if you were serving in the Continental Army, you were probably using your musket. You were using your Kentucky rifle. You were using your Springfield rifle. Not something that was bought in large quantities by the Continental Congress, because they didn't buy a lot of that stuff in large quantities, it is what you had and you took with you, whether you were serving in the local militia or not. DeWild's lawsuit, compl- lawsuit complaint says on December 8th, he submitted an ATF form asking to make and register an M16 machine gun. But 12 days later, the ATF denied his application, citing federal law that forbids both the transfer and possession of machine guns. The statute doesn't apply to U.S. government and military forces or machine guns owned before 1986. DeWild's argument was nearly the opposite of the federal government's as he held that recent gun cases from 2008 and 2022 together indicate the M16 is in common use by the U.S. military and therefore should be made legal, legal for citizens. He wrote that he wants an M16 for lawful purposes, including defense of hearth and home and militia functions. DeWild's lawsuit initially alleged the federal government exceeded its constitutional powers in outlawing machine guns, but he asked, asked the court this week to strike that part of his argument and focus on the Second Amendment instead. Federal government, in its counterclaim, says it has the right to restrict firearms because the U.S. Constitution, quote, gives the power to regulate interstate commerce. This is where I'm going to stop, because the interstate commerce, one court ruling 
has given the United States government as much authority to screw everyone over than any other Supreme Court decision in the United States history. Now, I have to re-Google this because I had it looked up earlier. Wicker v. Ah, Wicker v. Filburn. This is the case. This is the court decision that basically gave the federal government the right, the authority, to run roughshod over whoever it wants for whatever for whatever reason it wants, as long as it cites interstate commerce. Now, Wicker v. Filburn. Filburn was a farmer in Northeast Ohio, and at the time, because it was World War II coming out of the Great Depression, the federal government decided that they were going to issue quotas on how much wheat farmers could grow. And Philburn was growing his share of wheat and selling it, but he was growing extra for his cattle. Now, this seems like it should be a a non-issue if it's not going into the if it's not going into the economy and becoming part of interstate commerce can it be regulated well the USDA you know they discovered this and they fined him and so he filed suit against Wicker who was the secretary of agriculture at the time and the court basically said, yeah, well, it might not be going into, it might not be going into the overall commerce. It might not be going directly into the economy. But if it does, one small farmer, such as Philburn, isn't going to really have a have an effect on uh prices because that's what all this was about was about keeping prices at a certain level because corporatism is good if you ask uh you know American fascists like FDR so by artificially limiting the supply to the economy they could drive the price of wheat up price of wheat goes up the price of bread goes up the price of beef and pork and everything that everything else that re, is relying on that wheat goes up because it's good for the economy. Yay! Well, the court goes on to say that if one person is doing this and their excess makes it into the economy, it, it's not such a big deal. However, when all the small farmers start doing it, then all of the all of these uh, price control regulations that are good, it goes out the window. 
And then suddenly you start, you know, while the government's doing the best thing in the world and keeping these prices, you know, artificially raised, you people are just undermining it. So yes, because your wheat could end up be as part of interstate commerce, the government can shut you down. And this is basically the argument that they're making about, you know, for why they can control, you know, if a person can build their own M16. It's not a matter of, I mean, it is a matter of, wow, the, the, the Gun Control Act of 1986. Okay, if, if that's your argument, that's your argument. But when you bring up interstate commerce, you know, now I don't know. Maybe this guy has his own mill. And he can mill out or stamp out his own upper, his own lower. That would be the upper receiver, lower receiver for you non-gun people. But now they, by saying interstate commerce, they can say everything about that gun should be regulated because, well, he ordered the, he ordered the upper from Brownells, which is out of Iowa, and it's supplied by this company that's out of Kentucky. He ordered the barrel from this company that's out of North Carolina. He ordered the lower from, you know, Palmetto State, which is in South Carolina. Everything is, that's being ordered that's coming in to build this gun is being ordered from out of state. Therefore it's interstate commerce. We can regulate it. Now I get it. This guy is trying to do the right thing. He wants to, uh, you know, come up with a better way to defend himself. And he wants to build his own gun. There's a reason why they're called ghost guns. Theoretically, they don't exist. As much as stupid left-wing politicians want to talk about the ghost guns that are used to commit crimes, no homemade firearm that is completed from an 80% receiver is registered with the ATF. It is not a serialized item. And I get it. He's trying to do the right thing. Like when the FBI shows up and starts asking questions, you want to be helpful. Well, I would love, love, I would love to help you. You have questions. Okay. Let me answer them. If a cop shows up and they're asking questions, maybe you answer. If the FBI is ever asking you questions, just say, nope, I want to help. I really, really want to. But I would prefer to wait until I have an attorney present to help me in case there's a question that they think might be leading me to an answer that could possibly incriminate myself. That's your right. With the ATF... If you want to build a weapon, don't tell the ATF about it. 
Because this is a, an organization that, keep in mind, Ruby Ridge. What did Randy Weaver do? Randy Weaver had someone approach him and say, hey, can you cut the barrel down on this shotgun? So he did. Ensuring that the barrel was of legal length after he cut it down. The person came back screaming and yelling, no, that's I want it shorter, I want it shorter. And Randy Weaver's like, yeah, keep my name out of it. Then proceed to cut the barrel to the desired length. That person was in, was an informant, took the gun, went to went to the ATF. They said, "Look, okay, here's the guy. He cut it down. You know, he had to do it twice because he didn't cut it down short enough the first time, and it was still legal. But I got him to break the law." So then they issued it. You know, they issued a summons. They were going to arrest him at court. Apparently, there was some confusion, and he missed the court date. And then suddenly, he's in a standoff on his own property. His son gets murdered by the ATF. His wife is murdered by the ATF. He is critically wounded. And he eventually turns himself in. And when he goes to federal court and he has his trial, the only thing that he was convicted of was misdemeanor missing a court date. Because he did not kill his family members. The ATF did. He was able to prove it in a court of law that, no, he was not responsible. They did it. So the only thing he was convicted of was missing a court date. I've got one more story now that I've railed on the ATF and uh, Kim says dismantle ATF along with some other agencies. I agree 100%. Now, this last story is one that kind of caught me off guard. The reporting is from WND. And links to, I guess, a now-deleted Stars and Stripes story. The Stars and Stripes story is lamenting that the only U.S. doctor in the entire European continent on any U.S. installation doing the transitioning of the children is no longer doing the transitioning of the kids and is no longer a member of the hospital staff at K-Town. That would be 
uh, Kaiser Slaughter to interview non-military folk. And so now, there's, there's, there's poor children. Those poor, those poor army brats are, they, they have to, they have to go on the economy for trans, trans surgeries and hormone blockers. Oh, God. So my question is, why in God's name is our Department of Defense paying to trans the kids? There's a lot of stuff that TRICARE covers for family, and it's, it's, it's great stuff. Your child has autism, you get ABA therapy, which can be very expensive. Your, your dependents have a severe psychiatric issue, you can get them treated. But they have body dysmorphia, or specifically uh, gender dysphoria, Instead of therapy, hey, what's going on that is, you know, why are, why are you feeling that you're a boy trapped in a girl's body and vice versa? Instead of trying to figure that out, you have doctors who the first thing is, oh, well, obviously you're a girl. Here, take these puberty blockers when you're 11. As I have stated many times before, if an adult has gender dysphoria, they've been through years of therapy and nothing has changed and they want to transition, they're an adult. They can do as they please. Go about your way. As society, we should be working to protect children because sometimes Children don't understand what is in their best interest. And as such, we need to protect them, sometimes from themselves. Kim says we don't affirm anorexics. We don't affirm suicidal children. If if someone heard you heard you yell up to a kid standing on you know a high rise apartment threatening to jump, if you shouted do a backflip, you're going to be a freaking monster. Doctors their their first their first goal should be the health and well-being of children and again when stu- long-term studies show that teenagers who transition are 20 times more likely to commit suicide maybe maybe just freaking maybe we slow down we see what else is going on i did a story uh a few weeks ago 
about how the the whole you start off with one kid who came out as trans in a small classroom setting and suddenly half the class is trans is this social contagion where that one kid shows up wearing the Jinkos and the Doc Martens. Next thing you know, everybody's wearing Jinkos and Doc Martens. There are things that are fads that are not permanent. They are they're trends of the moment. There is a child in my area who has been bouncing back and forth in identity from being a boy and being a girl. It has led to a lot of confusion for this child and for a lot of the kids who know this child. This kid does not need someone to hold their hand and say, it's okay, little Jimmy, you are a girl and we'll call you Janine. No, the child's name is not Jimmy. That that would just be wrong to do that. What this child needs is someone to hold hold their hand and say, listen, you're going through some stuff. Talk to me. What's going on? Let's see if we can sort out What's up? What's going on with your home life? What's going on in school? That's what these kids need. They need someone who will listen to them, who will push back on, you know, bad thinking, and someone who will lift them up in the right areas and show them that they are loved, they are protected. And that someone cares and that they don't have to, you know, go through some dumb social trend to find the love and acceptance they think they need. They just need someone who's going to say, tell me all the stuff in your world and I'll help you sort it out. That's what we should be doing for kids, not just immediately taking them to a doctor who's going to castrate them, who's going to give them meds who that will permanently prevent them from ever being able to have kids in the future should they decide that the transition was the wrong idea. It will protect them from a society that should you find yourself like uh, Chloe Cole, who transitioned at a young age, realized, holy crap, I don't want to be a boy. I want to be a young woman and now will never have kids because of a teacher and a counselor and a psychiatrist who didn't look out for her best interest, lied to her parents and said, oh, she threatened suicide if she doesn't transition, and then forced her on a road that has left her more suicidal than anything she was going through with gender dysphoria as a young girl. 
Well, on that happy, shiny note, I'm going to wrap up the show for this week. Again, thank you so much to everyone who was watching live on the old Twitches. You're watching on YouTube, Rumble, and I didn't see last week's episode. I apologize. It was a rough week. Um, But again, thank you so much. If you're watching on YouTube and Rumble, please be sure to hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell. Get the notifications that the new episodes are coming to you. It means a lot to me. If you're listening to this on podcasts, the same four things I ask every week. If you are new to the show, please hit the, hit the subscribe button. After that, rate it. Five stars, all except four. Three and below, we need to have a talk. Find me on Twitter, at FakeTylerMorgan. My DMs are open. You can always, you can always send me a message. Thank you so much. Um, once you have rated it, please review it. Say something nice about the show. Or if you want to go over the top, uh, trying to drag the show with a one-star rating, I'll accept that too. And I may read your one-star review live on Twitch. That way I can make fun of you. It's what I do. You think you're making fun of me? No, 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 no. You're just giving me ammunition. I appreciate it. Once you have rated, reviewed, subscribed, and all that, please share the episode. Send it to someone who you think will like it. Send it to someone who you think will hate it. Either or, I will make somebody laugh. I will make someone angry. Whatever you want me to do, I will do it. Again, thank you so very much for listening. And as always, stay relentless. Tyler Morgan Show is a relentless daring media production. The Tyler Morgan Show is supported by its listeners. To support the show, go to ko-fi.com slash Tyler Morgan Show to donate there or relentlessdaring.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page to set up your donation. All music used in the Tyler Morgan Show is used with permission from purpleplanet.com. Link in the show notes. 2 Timothy 1-7